started to know With the top down And a lifetime to go We were dreamers
and welcome to the Strange Brew Podcast. My name's Jason Barnard, and that was Sharon Robinson, and We Were Dreamers, the title track of her new album. For many people, Sharon will be forever associated with Leonard Cohen, but in her own right, her songs have been covered by so many great artists. Sharon, I mean, first of all, tell us a bit more about We Were Dreamers, the album. Am, am I right to say that this is a, a collection of songs that you've built up over the last, say, 40 years? Yes, exactly. I, uh, As a uh, writer who tended to write songs for other artists, I had a collection of recorded material that was recorded for lots of different reasons. Each song had its own sort of place in my uh, in my career and uh, I thought the recordings were were of a good quality and I thought that the writing was was good and I and I had always sort of had it in the back of my mind that I'd love for people to hear this stuff you know even though for one reason or another it never never got recorded by other artists or by my own you know, or for my an album of my own. I had the the stuff in a folder. I played it for a couple of friends and they one of them said, you know, when I was listening to this music, I just started jumping up and down. You know, it was just so, uh, so fun and so energetic. And and you really should put this to stuff together and, and put out an album. So but with my social uh, media advisor, Anna Jones, we decided to um just release each song individually as a single, you know, for streaming and, you know, whatnot. This is during, you know, the COVID lockdowns and so on. So we decided to uh, to do that. And it, after releasing two or three of those, my distributor in London at Free World, Pete Macklin, heard, saw that I was releasing some stuff and and said, you know, I want to put this out as an album. You know, I want to press the vinyl of this and and just release it as an album. So I, you know, went into the process of selecting the songs and putting them all together and doing some artwork. And and, uh, so the album kind of came about unexpectedly. Uh, But yeah, the, the songs were written over a period of several years at different times for different purposes. I've heard that the background behind We Were Dreamers, the song was a, a, a true to life story of it was intolerance and, and something that occurred in the 1970s. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, it was something that I I went through with a band that I was traveling with and um, didn't think that much of it at the time. But the but the experience stayed with me and I ended up writing a song about it. It had to do with my sort of disillusionment about the America that I thought I was in was was a little bit different than than what it really was. So the the you know so I ended up writing that song about it just to express that that feeling of dashed hopes at least temporarily. And I I called the album We Were Dreamers because that seemed to be the song that spanned the time. You know, it's still relevant now in many ways. I think absolutely. And, and across this new collection, there's a a range of styles and sounds which present the the arc of the time in, in terms of some of this material was recorded as well? Yeah, well, throughout my writing career, I've written songs for different reasons. I mean, I like one of the songs on the album, uh, Something I Can Dance To, I distinctly remember trying to have a follow-up to my hit with new attitude. <laughs> it's like I, I really wanted to get something on the radio. 
And so that's that that song uh, came about for that reason. Some of these are love songs. Some of these were inspired by, you know, becoming a mother. And uh, I definitely wrote one of these songs for my son. Uh, One of them is, you know, I was given the opportunity to get a song into a movie and some I just wrote after I had worked with Leonard on 10 new songs, it became clear that I didn't need a record deal to make an album (laughs) because we, we made that record outside of the purview of his label. So uh, it became clear to me that I could just go into my studio and make an album. It didn't require the record deal. So I started writing songs, just trying to find my voice as an artist at that point. Yeah. So that's what some of these songs are about. Would you recognize two-part invention as as one of the love songs? Oh, absolutely. You know, sometimes I would just write to explore an idea, you know, to examine a a concept. And I thought that two-part invention was a great metaphor for a relationship, uh, especially a marriage. And uh, something that maybe came about through uh, circumstances beyond those two people's control. So um, I had a lot of fun writing that song.
Let's go back to the late 70s. I mean, it's great that the material was recorded, especially in the the Phil Commander Cohen album now, which represented the 1979 tour for Leonard Cohen. And how did you um, first link up with Leonard? Well, I had been doing uh, session work in Los Angeles, among other things. I was was doing some uh, festivals as a singer-songwriter and doing some session work. Uh, and so my name was on a short list of uh, background session singers. So I was kind of, you know, known around town within that group of people. And uh, someone gave my name to Jennifer Warrens. She was putting out feelers for someone to go on, on the road with her to sing backup with Leonard. And, you know, I went over to her house and sang with her and we got along great. And she brought me into to SIR where the guys were rehearsing and I got the gig, <laughs> you know, that was, that was how that happened. It wasn't just background vocals. Um, why don't you try? You've got an upfront prominent role in that, even in those, those early times. So Leonard clearly recognized the qualities of your voice and how that would complement his style. Well, you know, he was very generous in that way to, give everyone a, a little moment to shine and uh i appreciated it and i and i i enjoyed the the moment and uh in the later tours of course same thing i had a, a solo and a couple of duets with him not only obviously were you working with leonard in, in the 1980s it was quite a prolific time for you in terms of working on Beverly Hills Cop soundtrack as well, which must have been quite a, a big moment. I think that got was it nominated for a Grammy. Well, it, it won a Grammy. Yeah. <laughs> <All right>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We wrote that song. We actually wrote that song for Thelma Houston. And I was working with uh, these producers, uh, Pete Bonetta and Rick Chudikoff at the time, who uh, I guess they were producing Patty LaBelle, on something else. I'm not really sure how that all came about, but they heard um, my demo of New Attitude and they they flipped and they said, you know, I think we can get this into this movie. <laughs> so that was great. And, you know, we went on to win a Grammy for that. Really a great experience. Why don't you try to do without him? Why don't you try to live alone Do you really need his hands For your passion Do you really need his heart For your throne Do you need his labor For your baby Do you need his beast For the bone you need a whole leash to be a lady I know that you can make it make it on your own why don't you try why don't you try 
to forget him. Why just open up your dainty little hand? You know this life is filled with many sweet companions, many satisfying one-night stands. Do you wanna be the ditch around a tower? Do you wanna be the moonlight in his cave? Do you wanna give your blessing to his power? As he goes whistling past his daddy, past his daddy's grave. I'd like to take you to the ceremony. That is, if I remember the way. You see, Jack and Jill, they're gonna join their misery. I'm afraid it's time for everyone to pray. You can see they finally taken cover. You can see that they're willing to obey. Their vows are difficult, they're for each other. So let nobody put a loophole, a loophole in their way. After the 79 tour, did you work much with Leonard prior to the period that you're working with him a little in the, in the build-up for I'm Your Man? Not a lot. I mean, he seemed to want me to participate as a writer on most of his albums. So uh, randomly, I would just get a call or an email from him with a lyric and uh, go ahead and take a shot at, at writing something uh, if he liked it, which he almost always did, he, he'd go into the studio with it. So after the 79 tour, we wrote Everybody Knows and Waiting for the Miracle. And we wrote a song called Lucky. <laughs> Leonard's known as, as someone who worked so studiously on his lyrics. Everybody knows for many one of his landmark tracks. How long did it take in terms of the lyrics coming to you and then you're doing the first feels for the music and then that collaborative process before you got the final version? Well, I think that song went pretty fast. Um, not all of them did. <laughs> you know, most of it, I would spend several days coming up with a few different versions. Usually I think everybody knows was just, I just came back to him with one 
one basic idea that he liked. And there wasn't a lot of rewriting on his part, which is what usually took the time. Yeah. You know, if he wasn't happy with the lyric or how it felt with the melody, he'd do several rewrites. But with that song, I, I think uh, I think we wrote it pretty quickly. Everybody knows that the days are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows. The war is over, everybody knows the good guys lost. Everybody knows the fight was fixed. The poor stay poor, the rich get rich. That's how it goes. Everybody knows. Everybody knows that the boat is leaking. Everybody knows the captain lied Everybody got this broken feeling Like their father or their dog just died Everybody talking to their pockets Everybody wants a box of chocolates And a long stem rose Everybody knows Everybody knows you've been discreet But there were so many people you just had to meet Without your clothes And everybody knows Everybody knows Everybody knows That's how it Everybody knows the 
scene is dead But there's gonna be a meter on your bed That will disclose What everybody knows And everybody knows that you're in trouble Everybody knows what you've been through From the bloody cross on top of Calvary To the beach of Malibu Everybody knows it's coming upon Take one last look at this sacred heart Before it blows And everybody knows Everybody knows Everybody knows That's how it goes Everybody knows Everybody knows That's how it goes Oh, everybody knows Everybody And you mentioned waiting for the miracle. So was it quite, sometimes it was that you'd work on a, a song in a, a similar period, but sometimes it, it wouldn't necessarily be the right time that a song would go on an album and it might sit on the shelf a bit longer. Was that a, a case for that song? You know, I wasn't in the studio with Leonard during that period of time. He was working with other producers and everything. So I don't really know, you know, how long it took him to actually go ahead and record Miracle. Yeah. But I I do remember just always being excited and honored that that he actually had recorded a song that we wrote. That's one of many songs that's featured on on soundtracks uh, to films. How did you feel about the placing of of that song or and others in quite a lot of films now? Yeah, it's always an honor and a thrill to have uh, your work uh, married with someone's film and and used in that way. It's it's really exciting, actually. <laughs> You know, it justifies all the work and the time and the downtime and the, all the difficulties involved in uh, the freelance work. It makes it all worth it. <laughs> <laughs> and when you had, a, a, you know, some of Leonard's lyrics, um, you know, he gave them to you. Did you sometimes have music that was ready that happened to match or did you always sort of start afresh and work with the lyrics or did it vary? I would bring the lyrics home and sit at my piano and and just look for the right direction or what I felt was the right direction for the for the words. Uh, there were two songs that we wrote starting with the music, the song Summertime, which was the first song I wrote with Leonard, and the song Lucky. Though, but those were the only two songs we wrote starting with music. All of the rest of them were, you know, my effort after I already had the verses in front of me to reorganize them and turn them into a song. Mm -hmm. 
Fingers 
rose in your thumb And you were waiting For the miracle For the miracle to come Yeah, baby, let's get married We've been alone too long Let's be alone together Let's see if we're that strong Yeah, let's do something crazy Something absolutely wrong Ten New Songs is a, a landmark album for Leonard, and, and that's a an album that really is, a, in every way, is a joint album between you both. Obviously, you've talked about how that, you know, sporadically you would work on material, but this was truly a complete body of work. What was occurring in the run-up to that album that led you to have such a, a full collaborative um, record? Well, I think, you know, Leonard had been at Mount Baldy for the previous five years or so. And we had stayed in touch sporadically during that time. 
But when he decided to leave Mount Baldy, he had a he had been writing the whole time and he had a, a kind of a whole new body of work of lyrics that he had worked on up there. And uh, when he got back, I invited him to my son's uh, piano recital. And uh, after the recital, you know, he just pulled me aside and said, you know, I've got a whole bunch of new poems and I'd like for you to make an album with me. And <laughs> I don't know what made him to decide to do that with me, but of course I was thrilled. So it, it did, uh, it did all happen as, as one huge effort over a period of about a year and a half. And it was a really great touch that you're on the album cover as well. Yeah. I mean, one day, not just one day, but several times we'd be, you know, in front of Leonard's computer reading lyrics and whatnot. And he had one of those little cameras that you used to, that you used to have that you'd sit on top of the computer, those little spherical things. And he, he always loved to play around with, with images and drawing and painting and and so on. And um, he actually completely designed that cover. And I kind of didn't believe him when he told me he was going to use that as the cover, but. (laughs) I think that was Rolling Stone, one of their top 100 albums of the decade. So one of the key, the key albums that he made. Yeah. And um, I think Leonard also himself was very, uh, very pleased with the record and, he, he years later would always refer to it as a little masterpiece. <laughs> he, he really liked it as well. So, I mean, that was meaningful to me. Yeah. Um, this year was the 20th anniversary of that, that record. And um, yeah, I am very happy that it does sort of stand out among uh, people listening to his work as one of his better ones.
Did that give both of you confidence in, in your own careers? Because um, Leonard became more prolific in relation to his material. Obviously, you carried on collaborating with him. But as a songwriter, that must have given you even more confidence yourself. Absolutely. Yes. It was a different kind of writing than what I had sort of been trying to do in previous years. Obviously, writing for pop radio was not <laughs> the same as, as writing with Leonard Cohen, but it definitely did give me confidence. Yeah. The letters which features on um, Leonard's subsequent album, uh, Dear Heather, was that something that dated from 10 new songs? No, we wrote that afterwards uh, when he was working on Dear Heather. It was uh, supposed to be a duet. I mean, if you listen to it, it's kind of a duet. And I was supposed to be a co-artist on it, but neither one of us could figure out how to actually <laughs> make that happen. But uh, I really love that song and I love the way it came out. You never like to get 
the gist of what my letters meant. You're reading them again.
one of your great songs is The High Road. Was that actually originally you wrote for yourself or was it actually written for Betty Lovett? I wrote that for Betty. Uh, I got a call from the producer of her, her record and uh, said, you know, I'm making an album for Betty and I want all the writers are to be women. And, you know, I'm in some really excellent company on that record. <laughs> Amazing company. So uh, I, you know, did some homework, listened to her voice, listened, you know, read her story and just try to get into her head and into her shoes and figure out what she might want to sing next. And I wrote the song uh, in a few days. I think I already had the melody or parts of the melody. So I put that together wow. with that lyric and I, uh, I made the demo and um, they recorded the song the following week. It was one of those that that's only happened to me a few times in my career. And that was one of those times. It was really an honor. You obviously made your own version on, on your, your solo album. Everybody knows. So it took quite a while for you to, to release solo albums. It, did it just feel like the right time to embark on the, your, your solo music? Yeah. I mean, it's something that I have always been driven to do. And I'm not sure how I finally managed to do it, but, you know, better late than never. <laughs> it was uh, something I've been, as I said, compelled to do. And um, a great cover. And that, that's Leonard's painting of, of you, isn't it? Yeah, he 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 did the cover for me, which was really fun. There's a I and I have a logo that he also created. Oh. It's a it's a hummingbird over a cup of coffee and when he was drawing this thing I said, "Leonard, what are you doing?" and he said, "I'm I'm making you a logo." <laughs> and I was like, "Really? Okay." <laughs> Say I never cared. I'll 
And as we were saying, there was a in terms of Leonard. Not not only was he becoming more prolific in his solo work, he started to embark on on more of solo concerts. And and obviously, you you were there as as one of his uh, backing singers. What was it like going out on on the road in that sort of last decade? Well, yeah, we went out in I think it was two thousand eight. It was a big production. There were ten people on stage. It turned out to be a very long and big tour. We played for lots and lots of people in in some in all different size venues, but we had some really great, huge concerts in Glastonbury and Tel Aviv and Belgium, London, Greece. We did all of the Western world several times, but uh, it was thrilling. And to be tasked with performing Leonard's songs night after night was sort of a life-changing experience, you know, like singing his poetry night after night like that. And there was no, it, it was no challenge to to stay involved in it because it was just so beautiful and so moving every time. The Live in Dublin album captures you singing uh, vocals on Alexandra Leaving and Again, front and centre, the, the lead role, as you're saying, let it so generous. Yeah, he really was. And uh, he also did it in the uh, in an effort to give the audience as much as he possibly could. And the band was cast. There was a lot of talent and a lot of musicianship in that band. And uh, everyone was at the top of their game. So that 
it wasn't a difficult thing for him to do, I don't think. Those um, sauce, they seem to, year after year, they seem to build and get more popular. Yeah, we uh, we just kept going and, you know, people kept coming. And, uh, you know, even in a place like Los Angeles, uh, where you have industry folks who've seen it all, they uh, referred to the concert as a religious experience or the, the best concert they'd ever seen. You know, it was... You know, Leonard really put, he put a lot into it. He really designed something that was really beautiful and, and finely tuned. I mean, we, we rehearsed a lot. Each, every, in fact, every sound check turned into a rehearsal. So just to make sure we had the songs down that we weren't playing in the concert, you know, so there were, it was a lot of, uh, a lot of rehearsing. Even though she sleeps upon your set, even though she wakes you with a kiss, do not say this moment was imagined. Do not stoop to strategies like this. As someone long prepared for this to happen, go firmly to the window, drink it in. Exquisite music, Alexandra laughing, your first commitments tangible again. Sharon Robinson, Alexandra, leave it. Even though she sleeps upon your 
say goodbye to Alexandra And on your solo album, Caffeine, you mentioned this earlier, you, you have the, the song uh, Lucky. And, and I think you said earlier that that was one of the few songs where it, that you worked on with Leonard, where it was the music first. Yeah, I had this kind of islandy, you know, calypso, you know, music going on. And Leonard really liked it, you know, and he wrote the lyric Lucky. But I was never... I mean, I still don't think that I've finished writing that the music to that song. I feel that it's it needs to go somewhere else. You know, uh, I've recorded a number of versions of it and I'm still not completely happy with it. (laughs) Do you think that that's one of the benefits of playing live music in that you get the scope to develop the songs in the live setting? Well, of course. I mean, you have the feedback of the audience and you can you can tell whether whether something is resonating with people or not, for sure.
you co-wrote um, on the level on uh, Leonard's album. You want it darker, but that was a that was a period I understand where Leonard's health was was starting to fail him. And did that sort of come across in terms of his lyrics and how you were collaborating in that period? Well, on the level is one of the lighter lyrics I think on that record, and um, I, I didn't produce the album, so I wasn't in the studio when it was recorded. So it, it changed a bit from what I wrote, but you know, it, it, I think the the essence of it is is still there, and I love what it says. What what is it? Let's keep it on the level. When I walked away from you, I turned my back on the devil, turned my back on the angel too. I mean, it's it's just like with everything Leonard wrote. Uh, it's just full of uh, irony and and depth. And so, uh, you know, I was thrilled to be given that lyric to write. You take uh, on the level, for example. How would the song, especially when say Adam took it on, how would the song evolve? from that demo that you made and and then when it went to Leonard's band, would it change much or would it be more live instrumentation, for example, at times? Or Yes, sometimes. And the work I do in my studio, it's it's not exactly live in- instrumentation, but it is a real musician playing all the parts, namely me. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's funny when you're the writer and you, you send out your demo, usually a producer... Uh, needs to put their mark on it and and change it, change something about it. And that can be, as a writer, that can be a little bit frustrating because you really work hard on making everything fit together a certain way. So um, that did happen on occasion with, you know, with Leonard. Uh, Of course, when I produced things myself, they were the way I wanted to hear them. Yeah, for example, to go back... um, the song uh, Waiting for the Miracle, I wrote as a kind of a blues, you know, and, but I didn't produce it. So it came out as a more of a world beat kind of thing. You know, still the same song, but it had a, a different feel yeah. from what I had written. I knew that it was wrong. I didn't have a doubt. I was dying to get back home. And you were starting out I said I best be moving on You said we have all day You smiled at me like I was young It took my breath away Your crazy fragrance all around Your secrets all in view My loss, my loss was same found My don't saying do let's keep it on the level when i walked away from you i turned my back on the devil turned my back on the angel too they are
I'm old and I've had to settle on a different point of view. I was fighting with temptation, but I didn't want to win. A man like me don't like to see temptation cave it in. Your crazy fragrance all around, your secrets in my view. My loss, my loss was saying found, my don't was saying do. Let's keep it on the level. When I walked away from you, I turned my back on the devil. final track today is um, one of your own and it's uh, Goodbye Stranger which is such a touching song but was that was that like a, a something that was specially commissioned? Well um, I wrote the song after Leonard passed away and the Mac Museum in Montreal you know did a big exhibit of honoring Leonard a big tribute exhibit to him and um I was asked for for something to to contribute something to that, so I used that song. But I don't I don't think I wrote it for that exhibit. I think I had already written it as a solo artist. What are your sort of plans? Obviously, it's been quite difficult given the pandemic, and there hasn't really been a, a live scene as such. Is it possible to to make plans for live dates at the minute? Yeah, I you know I've been talking to my promoters and stuff. And, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to figure something out. We're thinking maybe spring next year. I I might do some shows. I had a show booked in March of 2020 and needless to say, everything got canceled at that point, but I, Mm. I had a show that I had written. It's kind of a, a combination of stories and music, you know, lots of anecdotes and music and it's about my day-to-day writing with Leonard. It's, so it's about that, that whole experience. Uh, and um, I'm going to bring that back next year. I'm looking forward to doing that. And I'm also working on a, another solo album. That's great to hear. Ho- hopefully we can get you over here in the UK as well. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Absolutely. <laughs> Sharon, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. It's definitely worth highlighting that the uh, We Were Dreamers album has got a, a physical release now over here in, in, in the UK, but it's, it's also available on all the, the usual digital platforms if, if you're not able to, to get yourself a copy. And I highly recommend it. It's a, 
it's a great listen and it's uh, just a, such a pleasure to listen to your work and talk about your work in a chronological fashion and, and see how it kind of all sits together so thank you so much yeah thank you uh i hadn't intended to put we were dreamers out i explained to you how it all came about but i'm really happy that it exists now it's a it's a record there, there's a lot of love in there i think in the songs and i think uh I think that's something that the the world could can use more of. <laughs> so I'm I'm really happy that it's there and uh and and uh thank you so much for listening to it and highlighting it. It's great to spread the word, so thank you. Okay, thank you Jason. Goodbye, stranger, my old friend. Your words still speak to us, tracing the heart, the love, the lust upon this veil of yesterdays your embrace will remain your pen still speaks to us but alas it's not enough to grasp this hallelujah this lily or this loss goodbye stranger my old friend goodbye stranger my old friend Your words like stepping stones For the lost and the lonely to follow you home A certain kind of fate Beyond mercy Beyond love and hate You heard so clear the call by the window your sunlit scroll to those who know the longing you're really no stranger at all goodbye stranger my old friend Goodbye stranger My old friend As you ride the train again Goodbye, stranger.
Thank you for listening to the Strange Brew Podcast. If you do like the show, please consider a small donation to help keep the show archive online. It's 10 years since I started the podcast and hosting fees are increasing over time. All your support keeps the show running and helps me get amazing guests. To support me, just go to thestrangebrew.co.uk where you'll see a donate button on the homepage. Thank you very much. Plus, any reviews on your podcast services help to spread the word too. Thank you.